Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. Tonight is the final message in the Family Talk series, and for those that are visiting, I see the uh, Meltons have a friend here, a guest here that serves as a missionary, and um, with this series, the Family Talk series, has been a little more of a teaching style, what I would kind of call more of a seminar, what I might do if, if I get invited to teach at a family seminar or something of that nature, and we've looked at every age and stage of life. We started with newborns, with infants. And uh, we went to elementary age. We spent a couple weeks with teenagers, went to singles, uh, went to that in that career age there, went to uh, married couples, went to 40s. Last week was 50s and 60s. And tonight we're going to look at the, 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 the last message here, the stage of 70s and above. And we're going to look at some biblical principles, um, 70s and above. And the Bible talks about the fact that, that three score and 10 years, or 70, it, the psalmist said, are the days of our years. And if we're blessed to have four score, 80, that's kind of a bonus. Now we understand that God in scripture and throughout history and even in present day allows people to live beyond 80. But if you look for the most part throughout history, lifespans have in, in most civilized countries have ranged somewhere in that range. You get into some places where they don't have much medicine or, or things of that nature and really primitive kind of back, back areas, then you might see a lifespan that gets lower than that. But in most places where there, it's a developed area, that lifespans develop right in there in that age, 70, 80. And, and, and sometimes that's because of health, other times because of society or culture or just our personality. Sometimes when somebody hits 70 or above, 75 or 80, or above, they can begin to feel as though their usefulness, for the most part, has passed. Ah, people don't really want to hear from me anymore. My time, I'm not as important as I used to be. And tonight, I want you to see from Scripture, and my challenge is going to be, stop believing that lie. Whether it's something, if you're in that age group or you're getting ready to go, there's something that you've told yourself or something you feel like you've heard from culture. That, that's not the case. In Joshua chapter number 14, Look at verse number five. I'm going to give you two words tonight. And I mentioned when we were in the infants, not everybody has infants in their home. When we were the teens, it wasn't all teenagers. Tonight, not everybody here is 70 and above, but the principles I'm going to give you apply to every one of us, no matter what age we're at. But my challenge is specifically in that, that senior citizen, seasoned saints of God. Joshua chapter 14, beginning in verse number five. As the Lord commanded Moses, so the children of Israel did, and they divided the land. They're dividing up the promised land to the tribes of Israel. Verse 6, then the children of Judah came unto Joshua in Gilgal, Joshua the leader of the Israelites, and Caleb the Kenizzite said unto him, thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. And he says here, you remember God gave us a promise and it was back before Joshua was the leader. It was back when Moses was the leader. And you remember uh, 12 men went to, how does it go? 12 men went to spy on Canaan. 10 were bad and two were good. That children's song, some of you maybe learned. And uh, what do you think they saw in Canaan? 10 were bad and two were good. And it goes all the way through there. Well, the two that were good were who? 
Joshua and Caleb. And so Caleb is now an old man. They've wandered through the wilderness for 40 years. An entire generation of Israelites has died off. Everybody that, uh, that Joshua and Caleb went to kindergarten with is now dead. Everybody that Joshua and Caleb went to high school with is dead. Everybody that they went to college with is dead. Everybody in their generation is gone from the wilderness wanderings. Joshua's now in charge and he's dividing out the land. And Caleb comes and he says, you know the promise that God gave us. Verse seven, how old was he church there? How old was, was Caleb there? 40, 40 years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. May I just stop and say right here, interject, there are blessings that come for li when living for God. Not a prosperity gospel, but God gives blessings when we follow his plan. When we, when we obey his word, God, and sometimes they're long-term blessings. Sometimes we get them right away, other times. But there are blessings that come to the one who lives faithfully for God. Look back in verse number, uh, verse number 10. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive. By the way, that was no small feat because everyone in his generation was dead. Behold, the Lord hath kept me alive as he said, these, how many years, church? These 40 and 5 years. All right, I know it's been a long day. I know school's almost out. We're almost to graduation. But let's do the math. He was how old when he got the promise? 40. How many years have passed? 45. How old is Caleb now? How old is he? 85. Good. We got somebody still awake there, Erica. She's doing her, doing her math. 85 years old. Look at verse, uh, verse number uh, uh, where were we? Wherever that, oh, there it is, verse 10. Even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and no, now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. I'm 85 years old. I like this in verse 11. I don't know that this is true. It's not generally true, but this is how Caleb felt. And yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. And as my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. Caleb said, I'm ready to go. Uh, hey, let me at him. Caleb's, Caleb's got fire. Verse 12, now therefore give me this mountain. In the hymnal of the church I grew up in, it was page number 347. I don't know why, because I hear it now. It's not really one of my favorite songs, but all growing up, if you would have asked me my favorite song, I would have told you the, the, the old hymn, Dr. Melton, I want that mountain. I love that song, I want that mountain. Talking about Joshua and Caleb. I saw the giant of prayerlessness it talks about there. And, and uh, song 347, that comes right here. I want, give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day. For thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were great and fenced. If so be, the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and gave unto Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, Hebron for an inheritance. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, unto this day, because that he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. I want to give you 
And by the way, this is good for us in any age, but if the Lord allows you to live to 70 or beyond, I want to give you two words for that age and stage of life. Number one, the word is passion. Passion. Do you see it there with Caleb? The passion, the fire, the faith, the belief. Often when we live a lifetime, the Bible talks about man that is born of woman, his days are few and full of trouble. The troubles of life can wear a man or a lady down, can burden us down, can kind of suck the life or the passion out of us. We can kind of just become kind of shells of our former selves, just kind of holding on or surviving till he calls us home. That is not what we see with Caleb right here. By the way, you can go and study Abraham and Moses, and you can study many in the Bible that lived into what we would call today that age of being a senior citizen, and you see God using them in amazing ways and them not losing that passion. Don't, if, if God allows you to live to that age, don't lose your passion. Oh, life changes. I understand that. I'm learning that myself as I grow uh, older year by year. And, and what you can do sometimes changes and your abilities change. And some is for the better. You get wiser and more experienced. And some things tire you out more than they used to. I was, uh, Brother Ryan, our, our youth pastor, he, he likes sports and he's in pretty good shape. But, but uh, he's getting a little older. He now has two kids. And he played Trey on our papa shot. We have a little basketball papa shot in the hallway upstairs by the staff offices. And Trey was waiting after school, my nine-year-old and Trey was shooting and I think Trey, either Trey talked trash or Ryan talked trash. I wouldn't put it past either of them to be going at it. Ryan and a nine-year-old and uh, I know Ryan talked trash after he beat him but I don't know who got the game started but we were getting ready to go coach a game and Ryan, Ryan's the best Papa Shot player on the campus. Trey's actually not too bad but, but he challenged them and they started playing and, and by the time they were done we were walking back down and he was kind of breathing heavy. He said, preacher, I'm kind of tired. I said, Ryan, you know you're getting old when a game of Papa Shot wears you out. He said, I get worn out walking up and down stairs now. Anybody been there? You, you can kind of understand that. And he's still in his 20s. But I understand life changes a little bit and Papa Shot starts to wear you out a little bit. But, but Caleb didn't lose his passion. Don't lose your passion, your fire, your vision, your enthusiasm, your love, your faith, your excitement. Often the trials of life lead us to bitterness and cynicism. Ah, I, man, God's probably not going to answer that one either. I, I, all those prayers, you know, I always, that, that, the hopes and dreams that I never got. Be careful. I like what Caleb says here. If God wants, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to fight. Give me that mountain. I'm as strong as I was 45 years ago. Again, I don't think that was true, but that was his spirit. I'm ready to serve God just like I believed God when I was 40. By the way, he was one of the only two of the 12 spies that believed God could give them Canaan right then. Just like I believed God when I was 40. I had big faith when I was 40. I believe the same God. I have the same big faith when I'm 85. That's what God wants. That's what we should strive to have. What do I see here? Passion. Not only uh, what, what kind of passion I see here. Passion for the word of God. Do you see it at the end of verse number six? He says in the end of verse six, thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. 45 years later, Caleb has not lost his passion for the words of God. 
God gave a promise. I still believe that promise 45 years later. May I say to you, have you started to doubt the promises of God? Doubt the power of God? Well, we just live in, in a day and age now, and the world's going to, 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 the, to the devil and all of this. And are you starting to be careful? Don't lose your passion and your faith in God's word. The God that you serve, that you, were, you couldn't believe would, would let you serve him, that you love so much, that, that God that you served when you first got saved, he's the same God today. Don't let the trials of life and the disappointments of life and the discouragements of life and the disillusionments of life, don't let it steal your joy, steal your passion, steal your faith. Pastor Sammy, we were on a, a group thread with some ministry friends of ours last week and uh, a text thread. And, 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 and actually, I'm going I'm to find that thread. See if I can find that real quick. Find that and bring it up for me, Pastor Sammy. He said some great things about that idea of when we were younger and that passion, that fire that we had, but it's it's easy to let the trials and circumstances of life kind of throw cold water on it, isn't it? He didn't lose his passion for the word of God. I want you to see in verse 8, keep your passion for the word of God. Keep your passion in spite of disappointments. Look at verse 8. Would you read verse 8 aloud with me? Ready? Begin. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. Can you feel it there when he says that? 45 years later, my closest, my closest co-laborers and companions, they doubted God. They let me down. They made us waste 40 years wandering in the wilderness. He didn't lose his passion in spite of disappointments. You live long enough, you live to your 70s or 80s, you know you're going to be let down by some of those that are closest to you. You're going to be disappointed by those that you've loved the most. You're going to be hurt by some that you've invested the most in. Guard your heart. Don't let that steal your faith, your joy, your passion. What did he say? He said here, in spite of disappointments, nevertheless, I trusted God. I, me and you, Joshua, we believed God could, but our brethren, they convinced the whole nation that God couldn't. But I wholly followed the Lord God. I didn't let that, that steal my joy. I didn't let that get me off track. In spite of those that betrayed and, and, and lacked faith in God, I didn't let that affect me. Not only keep your passion for the word of God, keep your passion in spite of disappointments, keep your passion for the work of God. Verse 9. And Moses swear on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. He, he, they had wandered for 40 years, but he never lost his fire. He never lost his commitment. He saw everybody that he grew up with die, but he stayed faithful, ready to fight, believing that God still could. He didn't lose his passion for God's plan for God's work. God promised this back here, and 45 years later, I still believe he can do it. And then lastly, under passion, don't lose your passion for future generations. You see it in verse 13, Joshua blessed him, and he gave Caleb Hebron, the last three words of verse 13, for and what, church? For an inheritance. Look at verse 14, Hebrew therefore became the what, church? The inheritance. Became the inheritance. What's an inheritance? It's something that is given to you to give to those coming behind you. Jo Caleb, he's 85. 
He was fighting and believing and living for those coming behind him. Again, sometimes we, we talk about those that get older and they can kind of get grumpy and cynical and bitter and, and the, the, the stereotype of get off my lawn and they yell at the, oh, these young people and, and they're ruining everything. And, and by the way, probably those that were 30 and 40 and 50 years older than you and you were a young person felt the same way about you. That's kind of how it works with generations. We, we see our strengths in our generation and maybe some of the weaknesses of those coming behind us. But I see here, Caleb, he was fighting and believing and living for those coming behind him. May I challenge you, if you find yourself in this age and stage, live to invest in and influence those coming behind you. Not just gripe and complain about that which they do that you don't like or understand about them. Did you find that thread there, Pastor Sammy? Is it here? Is it a screenshot? Oh, I'm not checking my phone right now. Let me just see here. It's, uh, he says, go up a couple texts. It wasn't that long away. All right, well, that's why I had you look at it so I didn't have to go up a couple texts, Pastor Sammy. Here we go. So it says, uh, it says uh, they sent a song that was a blessing to them, some friends of ours in ministry. And Sammy replied, he said, yes, sir, we all started from the heart. Here's what he says. When I first got saved, I remember writing scripture in a notebook and really thinking that God wrote the Bible for me. An 11-year-old kid I didn't know any deep truths, but I could almost hear God speak. And here's what he said. I'm still trying to make my way back to that 11-year-old heart. Help me, Lord. Our friend who, who, who I coached, he's a youth pastor in Hawaii. He, he put in all caps, come on, my man. I remember thinking that if this book is true, he was raised by a single mom. I remember thinking that if this book is true, then I truly have a father that loves me. And I want nothing more than to spend my life following him. That was, 15, that was 15 years old in a dorm room at youth conference. And I, I read that. Isn't that true? That passion when we first got saved. That passion when God first got a hold of our hearts. We can lose it, can't we? At any age. Pastor Sammy said, I keep, I'm trying to make my way back to that 11-year-old heart. I can remember sitting in front of a wooden desk as a 10-year-old with my first Bible with a 3 by 5 card, and I would use it to underline because I wanted it to be so straight and smooth and, and reading the Bible for the first time and coming across Titus 2. And, and folks sometimes will ask me to, to maybe, hey, Pastor, here's a Bible. Would you sign a note in here for us? And if I do, if I ever sign a note like a, a word, somebody just, Evan, just came with a new Bible and asked me to write a note in there in his Bible for his 18th birthday. I wrote a note to him, and if I sign it, I always put Titus 2, 12 through 15. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. You know where I got that is what I call my life verse? As a 10-year-old boy reading the Bible. And that Bible was, but we can lose it, can't we? You've been saved for a while, you can lose that passion. Caleb didn't lose it. Number one, passion secondly, and I'll be done. In this age and stage of life, don't lose your purpose. Caleb never lost sight of what God had given him to live for in Canaan, even at age 85. I mentioned this idea last week, so I won't spend a lot, a lot of time on it. If you missed it, you can go back and listen on our podcast or on our website. We looked at a good number of scripture verses that talk about our need to be fruitful in our old age. Don't lose your purpose. But here's the interesting thing. Satan and our flesh will try to convince us at every stage that we really can't fulfill our purpose for living. There's a reason why now isn't the right time. You ever notice that? 
No matter where you find yourself in life, now isn't the perfect time to fulfill your purpose. And I won't go through every stage, but you know what he tells young people? You're not ready. That thing about being serious about God, that's for your parents. And you know what he tells middle-aged people? Well, I'm, I'm not really equipped. It's not the perfect time. I don't have enough time or money. Life is so busy right now. I don't have enough money. I, I, I don't have enough time. I'm trying to get my career to a good place and kind of climb the ladder. And he'll tell young people, that's for your parents. And he'll tell middle-aged people, that's for your parents, which is the young person's grandparents. And you know what he tells the grandparents? What do grandparents often hear from their flesh or from Satan? The, the young person hears, I'm not ready. The middle-aged person hears, I'm not equipped. The older person sometimes hears, I'm not needed. My time has passed. That's for my kids and grandkids. Isn't it interesting? Kids think it's for their parents. Their parents often think it's for their parents. And their parents think it's for their kids and grandkids. Here's the reality. If you're here today, I don't care what age you are, God has a purpose for you. He wants you to grow in him. He wants you to passionately follow him. He wants you to know him. Now, there are different seasons of life. There are different seasons of fruitfulness. I do believe that there is, at times, the Bible talks about the fact that a pastor should not be a novice. I don't think 16-year-olds should be pastoring churches. It, it doesn't mean that every age and stage does everything and does the same thing. It does mean every age and stage, God wants us to live for him with a passion and with a purpose. He'll tell teenagers, well, maybe when you get to college, get serious about that. And he'll tell college students, well, maybe when you get out of college, you'll get serious about that. And he'll tell those that get out of college, well, maybe when you get married, you'll get serious about that. He'll tell married folks, well, maybe once you have kids, you'll get serious about that. And once you have kids, he'll tell you, well, maybe once those kids are old enough, then we'll get serious about it. And if we can get them out of the house, we'll get serious about it. And we'll go our whole lives waiting to truly live with passion and purpose. God wants us to live. And if you find yourself 70 or above, don't lose your purpose. Your purpose may change, but if you're here, he has a purpose for you. God's not done with you. Job said in Job 12, 12, with the ancient is wisdom and in length of days, understanding. We talked about this last week. You have things to offer that those that are younger do not have to offer. You have wisdom and experience. I said this last week, but I'll say it again. If in your 70s or 80s, you are retired or you choose to retire, retire to something, not just from something. You see, because when you retire from a job or a career, what are you doing? A big part of your purpose is changing. And if you don't retire to something, a big part of your purpose is lost. You don't retire just from something, retire to something. So if you're planning to retire or if you have retired, what have you retired to? It doesn't mean you have to do the same things, but you need to have a purpose. It might be more prayer. More Bible study, more Bible reading, more service, volunteering. It might be writing, and you might write devotionals or write social media posts about what you've learned. There's a, a, a widow in our church. You might be watching online. I don't see her here tonight. Faithful lady that most of you know, Diana Quackenbush. She was widowed at a young age. Diana, she'll email me often, encouraging emails or texts, and, and, and she'll always sign it, the merry widow. I like that. She hasn't lost her passion for life. She's joyful in, in the place that God has her. That probably she would not have chosen that place at the age she's, she found herself in that place. But she didn't lose her passion for God through that. But I, I saw recently on Facebook, she posted, 
And she talked about how an older lady, when she was younger, taught her about hospitality. And you know that Diana in her, and maybe it was this way, I didn't know her before she was retired and a widow. I met her as a retired widow. Well, she wasn't retired. She just retired in the last year, but she was already a widow. But you know what, Diana, she talked about how this older lady taught her, and Diana has made it her purpose to open her heart and her home to building relationships with people. And, and she, she posted about that recently. She taught a lesson that she had learned. Well, her Facebook post taught me something. She is sharing her, her wisdom. And then last week, if you follow her on Facebook, if you don't and you want, you want an invitation to a fellowship, go find her on Facebook and follow her. She invited anybody from Liberty that wanted to to come to her house. And I don't know how many went, 10 or 15 or 20 of you went over there. And she just opened up her home and fellowship. And I saw multiple of you. And she didn't put it on the church calendar. She didn't. She just said, if you want to come over, we're just going to fellowship. And, and what has happened? Diana, and that's not her only purpose, hospitality and, and investing in people. But Diana has found, as she has changed seasons of life, she has found a purpose to live for. It might be, again, service, volunteering, take someone under your wing, Teach them, encourage them, help them, guide them, share your life, share your resources, share your wisdom, share your experiences in this season. Don't buy into the lie, I'm not needed. Well, life has passed me by. I don't understand all the social media. I'm 80, I don't get all the technology. I don't understand all of that. Who cares? You have wisdom. We can find out how to use social media on the internet. You have wisdom and experience that we can't get anywhere else. Don't lose your purpose. If you're still living, God has a purpose for you. Again, it may be coming down and serving at the church. It might be volunteering at a hospital or at a school. It might be, it might be watching your grandkids from time to time. It might, I have no idea. Everybody's life looks different. It might be a, a, a Bible study weekly. It might be, again, journaling your thoughts and sharing them with people. I don't know what that is. But if you're here, God has a purpose for you. Caleb, he didn't lose his purpose. There will come a day for all of us that we will not be able to do anything. And by the way, none of us knows when that day will be or what age it will be. It, it, it won't be 70 or 80 or 90 for all of us. But if you're here tonight, that day is not yet here. You have a purpose. I hadn't planned it this way when we started the Family Talk series. But isn't it interesting as I bring this message and as I close it tonight, isn't it interesting that last Wednesday night, we had an 80-year-old that came and shared his heart and, and principles from God's Word. And isn't it interesting that on Sunday, we had an 88-year-old that stood up here preaching. He flew in the Monday before from Boston, got on a plane by himself, drove from Rhode Island to Boston, flew cross-country, landed, went to a college graduation, had like a 21-hour day as an 88-year-old. Then, then somewhere along the way, recharged and refreshed. And then drove on over, D Doug picked him up, and he drove with Doug over here to Orange County, preached all day on Sunday, drove back a couple of hours. He's now drove today over to L.A. He's preaching at Faith Baptist Church in Canoga Park tonight. He's going to get on a plane tomorrow to fly to Virginia to preach there. Isn't it interesting? Now, again, God didn't call every 88-year-old to do that, but you know what it's a reminder of? He didn't lose his purpose. Now, his purpose changed. I told you at one time he was a missionary to Japan, no longer. At one time he was a husband, no longer. His wife went to heaven four years ago. 
after 65 years of marriage. One time he was the director of Baptist International Missions Incorporated. At one time had over a thousand missionaries spread out around the world. He was the general director of that entire missions organization. 7,000 churches supported that missions organization. He was the general director. No longer at age 70, he retired from that. And he, he, he was telling me about the story. He said, I, I chose a, an age. I had watched too many people in ministry leadership positions stay too long and do harm to the ministries where they served. And so for me, he said, I chose an age where I felt unless God took me earlier, I would still be sound mind and sound body. He said, I chose 70. And I told the board, at 70, I'll be retiring. And so we're making plans so that this is all, we've got a, a time. And he said, I got to 70. And he said, he said, I was still in great shape. Obviously, he's still going cross-country back and forth at 88. He was doing okay at 70. And he said, at 70, I was still in good shape. My mind was sharp. I was fine. And they said, Dr. Sisk, there's no reason to retire. Keep doing what you're doing. And he said, no. And, and he said, he said, I, I chose that day. I believe it's God's plan and it's God's will. And he said, there's one reason why I'm doing it. He said, because there will come a day when I won't be able to do this job well anymore. And he said, my friends won't tell me and I won't believe my enemies if they do. So he said, I chose a day, and he said at 70, and you know what he told me? He said, Brother Ryan, I don't know. He retired. You know what he retired to? He's now taught thousands of college students in a missions program of a Christian college. He's traveled the country and some, in some, some form the world since that time. He's preached thousands of times in hundreds of churches. He, he's crisscrossed and still is crisscrossing the country. And, and he said, Brother Ryan, I'm not sure, but if the last 18 years of my life haven't been the most fruitful. He retired at 70. Now again, that may not be your path and plan. I don't know what God has for you or for me. What I am saying is if you're here, he's not done with you. I don't care what you've done. You might be 20 and think God's done with you because of something you've done or some disappointment you faced. You might be 50 and think God's done. I just, I can't do it anymore. You might, I don't, it doesn't matter the age. Satan wants to tell all of us that. Don't lose your passion and your purpose. Have you lost your passion or your purpose? In the Bible, we see men like Abraham, Moses, Caleb, and the list goes on of men who were up in years being used mightily. Yes, life has seasons, and some are more fruitful than others, but God wants to use you in every age and stage of life. No matter where you find yourself, God wants to and can use you. At age three, Mozart taught himself to play the harpsichord. At age eight, three-time Olympic gold medal runner Wilma Rudolph took her first step after suffering from polio as a child. At 16, American sharpshooter Annie Oakley challenged and defeated the well-known marksman Frank Butler by hitting a dime in midair from 90 feet. At 19, Abner Doubleday devised the rules for baseball. At 29, Scottish-born inventor Alexander Graham Bell transmitted the first complete sentence by telephone. 34, Francis Scott Key, after witnessing the bombardment of Fort McHenry, wrote the Star-Spangled Banner. At 38, Apollo 11 commander Neil Armstrong became the first person to set foot on the moon. At 43, baseball player Nolan Ryan pitched the sixth no-hitter of his career. At 47, Kent Couch attached 105 helium balloons to a lawn chair and flew 193 miles. At 53, Walter Hunt, an inventor, patented the safety pin. At 57, Frank Dobish competed in his first 100-mile bicycle ride exactly 10 years after he was diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumor.
At 62, J.R.R. Tolkien published the first volume of Lord of the Rings. At 66, Noah Webster completed his monumental American Dictionary of the English Language. At 69, Canadian Ed Whitlock of Ontario, Canada became the oldest person to run a marathon in under three hours. At 70, Cornelius Vanderbilt began buying railroads. At 71, Katsusuke, a retired Japanese schoolteacher, became the oldest person to climb Mount Everest. At 72, Martin Ringberg flew around the world. At 73, Larry King celebrated his 50th year in broadcasting. At 77, John Glenn became the oldest person to go into space. At 80, Christine Brown of Laguna Hills, California, flew to China and climbed the Great Wall. At 81, Bill Painter became the oldest person to reach the summit of Mount Rainier. At 82, William Baldwin became the oldest tightrope walker crossing the South Boulder Canyon in Colorado on a 320-foot wire. At 88, Michelangelo created the architectural plans for the Church of Santa Maria. At 89, Arthur Rubinstein performed one of his greatest recitals in Carnegie Hall. At 90, Marc Chagall became the first living artist to be exhibited at the Louvre. At 91, Alan Stewart of New South Wales completed a Bachelor of Law degree from the University of New England. At 92, Paul Spangler finished his 14th marathon. At 95, Nola Oaks became the oldest person to receive a college diploma. At 96, Harry Bernstein published his first book three years after he had started writing to cope with the loneliness after his wife of 70 years passed away. At 99, Igarashi climbed Mount Fuji. And at 100, Frank Shearer was the oldest active water skier in the world. Tonight, all of us should leave with a determination to live our lives with a passion and a purpose. And may it be the gospel of Christ that drives that passion and purpose. Wherever you find yourself on the timeline, God wants to use you. God can use you. Don't lose your passion and don't lose your purpose. Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.